Good morning. This morning's class is on the doctrine of adoption. And so if you turn into your handout, I put it up there by way of review, just uh, about where we are in this order of salvation. Now, we'll, we'll have in your notes the importance of the right order. What happens when it's out of whack? Um, but understand, this is, this is not this salvific doctrine, but it is a doctrine that helps Christians understand what God is doing and where you are and how things work. So in that order, in review, we have that first term, predestination, uh, all throughout the New Testament, but also in the Old Testament. It is there that God has a plan uh, so it, it is kind of an overarching doctrine uh, that part of our salvation is part of that doctrine. There is election, God's chosen people. Uh, last week, Scotty went over effectual calling, um, whereby uh, the God, the Holy Spirit, uh, brings people into uh, himself. Uh, regeneration. Where the heart of stone is replaced with the heart of flesh. In your notes, I put faith and repentance. Uh, those are kind of the next two parts of the order of salvation. Faith and repentance is what we would call conversion, when someone is saved. So it's interesting to know that when someone is saved, that, that this other stuff has gone on, unbeknownst to them, that God himself has been working on them. Uh, and God himself, when the time is right, calls him to himself. Uh, at conversion, all of these things kind of happen at once. And so when we put order in there, it's not like you're justified for a month or two until you learn a little more and then you're adopted. Uh, it, and, and at conversion, sanctification, this process, we'll talk about that next week, takes place. Perseverance means God's going to keep His chosen people to Himself. Glorification is that last stage of salvation where we are made right. So this morning we're going to just stop and look at the, um, the doctrine of adoption. Now in your notes I put was, is, can, and will. Um, I think it's good for us to keep that in mind. What I, what I say was, is, can, and will is just a way for us to understand uh, God's purposes was is uh, creation. So sometimes you'll see it written out, creation, fall, uh, redemption, glorification. I like was, is, can, will. Was. What was when God created humanity, when God created the world? What was? Everything was in perfect harmony, perfect peace. There was no fear, there was no sin, there was no shame. Um, there was no death, no sickness, uh, was, is, is the current state <laughs> that the world is in. It has fallen. People get sick. Man, especially this week. There are so many sick people in our church. They're dropping like flies. I kept getting calls. Uh, is, wars, tension, stress, can, what the Lord brings about when he redeems his people. Uh, we can have a, a community that's marked by grace, marked by his gospel. We can have reconciliation among broken people and broken parties. Uh, will 
is the final. Here's what will happen. So that's why I put that in there. Um, I included also a hymn from Carolyn Sandwell. I'm just going to read that to us. Children of the Heavenly Father, safely in His bosom, bosom gather. Nestling bird, nor star in heaven, such a refuge e'er was given. God his own doth tend and nourish, in his holy courts they flourish. From all evil things he spares them, in his mighty arms he bears them. Neither life nor death shall ever from the Lord his children sever. Unto them his grace he showeth, and their sorrows all he knoweth. Praise the Lord in joyful numbers, your protector never slumbers. At the will of your defender, every foeman must surrender. Though he giveth or he taketh, God his children ne'er forsaketh. His the loving purpose solely to preserve them pure and holy. Um, I love great hymnody. I love the progression of it. And so, um, you know, there are a lot of people when we put our worship together, uh, maybe not so much here, but for sure in St. Louis, would say, why do Presbyterians sing every verse? And I would say, because, because it tells a story. Most of it tells a, a story. And so um, many people grew up singing verses 1, 3, and 5. Um, or, and anyway, uh, that's a great hymn that goes over God's order of salvation and his adoption. Definitions. Adoption is an act of God whereby he makes us members of his family. Adoption is an act of God whereby he makes us members of his family. That's Wayne Grudem's definition from his systematic theology, and I've referenced it at the end of your notes. The Westminster Confession of Faith. Uh, the divines, Westminster divines met uh, for 10 years and put together a, a systematic theology, a statement of faith in chapter 12. They address the doctrine of adoption. And uh, it states, All those that are justified, God vouchsafeth. That's how they wrote in 1600s. Uh, it means to give, grant, favor, by graciousness or condescension. In and for his only Son, Jesus Christ, to make partakers of the grace of adoption, by which they're taken into the number and enjoy the liberties and privileges of the children of God. They have His name put upon them. They receive the spirit of adoption, have access to the throne of grace with boldness, are enabled to cry, Abba, Father, are pitied, protected, provided for, and chastened by Him as by a father, yet never cast off, but sealed to the day of redemption, and inherit the promises as heirs of everlasting salvation. <clears throat> One of my favorite places on earth to go and vacation was Captiva Island. Many of you know that that's been, uh, it really got hit hard by the hurricane. Um, but Tammy and I have gone there almost every year for the last 15 years or so. And, um, one, one year I was there with Tammy and we were, we were exiting the gate, this beautiful place that a friend of ours lets us stay and we're exiting the gate and this, these two ladies, I think a sister and a mom were walking by and they look at it and it's just, just gorgeous construction, just a beautiful spot on the water and um, they said, excuse me, I'm like, yes ma'am, would you adopt us? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, well, uh, you might want to know this isn't my place. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> what was that? What was that? They're saying, wow, 
know, if, if we were adopted, if we were part of this family, maybe we get to stay there. Maybe we get to have some of those benefits. Some of you heard the story about when we introduced Luke and Jordan to their godparents, uh, Dave and Darla Blue, good friends in Colorado Springs. Um, and uh, we, were, we were their children's godparents, but their children were about eight, ten years older than my children, two wonderful girls. And we go there to have dinner with them, and, and the two older girls take my two older boys, and they're playing video games in the basement, just having a great time. And um, we explain to our kids that if something were to happen to mom and dad, that you would live with Dave and Darla. And so we're driving back and uh, Luke, my second child says, mom, dad, let me get this straight. If you and dad died, we would live there? I'm like, yeah, that, that's right, you'd, you'd be okay. Luke goes, oh yeah, we'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you know I'm a stickler about words, and, and so I don't know who it was. One of the kids here one Sunday morning said, Hey, Rev, we just adopted a dog. And, you know, those of you who know me know that, that, that you just don't ever say that to me. Like, we, we adopted a dog. I'm like, no, you didn't. Like, yes, we did. No, you didn't. Yeah, we did. Here's a picture. I said, you bought a dog. You own a dog. You have not been adopted. I think Wade Buchanan was here. I'm like, Wade Buchanan was adopted. We adopt human beings. They become part of our family. They take our name. We buy, I love my dog. You know, those of you who know me know I love dogs. You know, maybe not Sam so much, but Bear, you know. <laughs> we love Bear, right? Um, but um, words have meaning. And so it's really important. When I talk about doctrines, it's really important that we grasp what does it mean to be adopted? Because stuff is out there like we're all God's children. Just remember, we're all God's children, right? God loves everyone. We're all God's children. No, we're not. That's not what the scriptures teach. And sometimes we take a word and if we, if we, if we use it like to, uh, we, we use it to maybe increase meaning, you know, like, I'm part of the Regions Bank family, right? right, right? You've heard me rant on that stuff. Um, no, I'm not a part of the Regions Bank family. I don't send them birthday cards. They don't know my anniversary. Well, they probably do, but you know, it, it, words, they, they lose their meaning sometimes. And, and for us as Christians, this, this thought of being adopted and that it's separate from justification, um, it, it, it's vitally important that we grasp the catechism question 34 what is adoption adoption is an act of god's free grace whereby we are received into the number and have the right and privileges of the sons of god so second in there i have scriptural evidence um, there are two families in scripture two two families uh, we see it way back with cain and abel right we we see we see god's promises his sustaining, calling, rescuing, persevering with his children and his wrath being poured out on others. Um, and so in two families in Scripture. So first, we'll look at the families of God, the children of God. OK, and I, and I tell you, they're not grandchildren. They're not natural born children, but they are adopted, adopted by God. Uh, it occurs once. And we are united by Christ in, in faith. This act means that we are received into his family. And so we have brothers and sisters to whom we are also united. 
As Paul the Apostle says in Galatians 4, we are no longer slaves, but sons. Galatians 4, 3-7. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you're sons, God sent His Spirit into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. First Peter, blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, according to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. First John 1 John 1.12, to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, born not of blood, nor of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. First John, what kind of love has the Father given to us? That we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Uh, Ephesians 1, I'm not going to read that whole text, but I think I put those references in your notes, right? Ephesians 1, 3 to 10. Um, it's not just a passage on adoption, but the whole ordo salutis. Romans 8, all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. There's also a futuristic aspect to this, uh, in a sense, fullness um, of grasping what that means uh, in Romans 8. Not only creation, Romans 8, 23, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we await eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Um, but then Scripture speaks of children of wrath. Ephesians 2, you were dead in the way you once walked, following the prince of the power of the earth, the spirit that's working the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Okay, now that's Scripture speaking very directly and very clearly. By nature, by birth, Without the work of God, the Holy Spirit, we are children of wrath. And it's really important that we grasp that. And we grasp, again, the placement. We'll talk about that in a minute. But we don't start our gospel presentation. We don't start our conversations with lost people by saying, Don't worry, we're all God's children. God has adopted you. You belong to Him. He's got you. We don't make those promises. We offer it. Right? And last week when talk, Scotty talked about effectual call. We give a general call. Right? Every week we give a general call. Come and be reconciled to God. Turn away from your sins. Receive, the, receive Christ as your king. Surrender to him. Um, but the natural state of the human being is a son of disobedience. John 8. Uh, this is Jesus arguing with the Pharisees. The Pharisees are like, hey, Abraham's our father. We're good. You know? Uh, we, are, we are the children of God. Abraham's our father. And in verse 39, Abraham is our father of chapter 8. Jesus said to them, if, Ab if you were Abraham's children, you'd be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who's told you the truth that I heard from God. 
This is not what Abraham did. You're doing the works your father did. They said to him, We're not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It's because you can't bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. Um, So, Scripture clearly teaches. uh, Not every human being is a child of God. Um, Any questions so far on uh, definition or any of those texts? You can tell I'm not used to teaching. used to just preaching and yelling at people. Um, in the order. So in the order, um, uh, adoption uh, follows justification. And it's different from justification. Justification is, is this legal term. Justification uh, tells the believer, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that you are no longer counted as guilty. You are counted. You are declared righteous in a legal sense with God. Now it is possible that God could have justified without adopting. Right? God could have said to human beings, you put your faith in Christ, uh, no longer will I punish you for your sins, um, and you will receive what His righteousness has earned. But He takes it a step farther, and it is different. Uh, it's, it's different than justification. He says not only that, but you're in my family. Not only that, but I am adopting you. Um, now, angels, right? Angels, angels that are not fallen, don't have adoption. So, uh, Christians sometimes when we go to a funeral and like, oh, he got his wings, or you know, now they're now it's with the angels. No, no, humans don't become angels. Um, human beings await the bodily resurrection the new heaven and the new earth. But human beings that are saved by the blood of Christ are so far superior to angels. We are the family of God. We are sons and daughters, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, one of the reasons it's... Um, let, me, let me read you. Here's, here's what Graham says. In regeneration, God gives us new spiritual life within. All right, so that's here. Um, uh, one of the great ways to see this is in the, the, sal- the saving of, of the Apostle Paul. Um, and it's probably why it's so important that he puts it in his letters. He starts his letters to the Ephesians. He starts it with, with systematic theology just kind of laid out for you. But, but um, regeneration, the, the Spirit um, uh, intercepts Paul on his way to Damascus. Paul wasn't seeking God. In fact, he was the opposite. He was seeking to stop the work of Christ. Um, and he receives this calling from above. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Beautiful phrase. Those of you who know when I buried my father, that was the text that he wanted me to preach. Why are you persecuting me? He just loved that. And that's what he held on to on his deathbed, that I am so close in Christ that what happens to me is considered happening to him. So he is called. He is regenerated. Who are you, Lord? He is given uh, faith, and immediately he repents. And in that process, he is 
he is justified before God and he becomes God's son. Now, if adoption is put before those things, um, if, uh, for instance, faith is before uh, regeneration, if uh, adoption is up here, it is in effect saying that my salvation is up to me. If, uh, for instance, if we take faith and put uh, faith right after calling, and, and we say, you know, it, if you believe, then, then God will change your heart, as opposed to the way the Scripture teaches it, He changes your heart. He sends a regenerating spirit. Uh, like last week, Ezekiel, to those dry bones, he blows his breath and brings life. And the first thing that regenerated heart does is it believes. It believes in God. It's, it's why we, we, we reenact that in our worship, a calling from God to gather as his people, uh, a, a view of God and who he is, and a humbling of ourselves, repentance and faith. Um, so, like, I, I know some of my brothers that I'm in the uh, Grove Ministry Alliance, see, they, they, they put faith up here. And um, I, you know, if, if you did that as a parent, if I thought my, my kid's faith is up to me to convince them, I've got to convince them. Here's the argument. And, and a lot of us live like that. I know as a high schooler, I really had a heart for two of my teachers. Two of my science teachers, and I would share the gospel with them all the time. And, and then I, I'd study, and I'd come to school. I'm like, okay, this is going to be it. It's the answer to their objection. And they'd come up with a new objection. Um, we would live with such guilt. Uh, we're going to have to move through here quickly. Um, adoption is not necessary for newborn children. Uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, for natural-born children. So remember that. There's no one in the family of God that's not adopted. Everyone that's in the family of God, he uses that term. We are his adopted children. Um, uh, let's see. It, with, uh, so our, our uh, relationship has changed with people. We have our father, not just my father. Um, I, I'm going to move on to privileges of adoption. Uh, seen in two categories, us to God. Uh, here's some of the privileges of being adopted. We speak. We are able to enter into his presence. We trust him. We don't, we're not treated as a slave. He's not our slave master. He is not an impersonal spirit. Holy Spirit is given to sons and daughters so that we might know, we might cry out. He loves us. He understands us. Um, my son Luke, we, we heard uh, beginning of this week that he's going to get deployed. He's going to go to Kuwait. Um, I sent him this quote to, on our family group chat from Charles Spurgeon. Listen to this. This is beautiful. This is, this is taking this doctrine and making it personal. Charles Spurgeon writes, Remember this. Had any other condition been better for you than the one in which you are, divine love would have put you there. That's that comfort we get by being God's adopted children. That's the comfort we get by knowing God is all-sovereign, all-powerful, and we're His kids. If there was another condition, my son Luke... Tammy is her boy is going to be overseas. Right? If there's any other condition, God would put him there. Um, 
God disciplines us as His children. We're led by the Holy Spirit. God forgives our sins. In Luke 24, even in our sufferings, it says, because we're connected to Him, we share in His sufferings. We feel in ways the way the Lord would suffer. Uh, the other privilege is to each other. There are no orphans in the family of God. What does he say? Uh, the instructions from the disciples. Older women, we are to treat as our mother. Older men, as our father. Younger women, as a sister. Younger men, as a brother. John, Jesus speaks to John from the cross. John, behold, this is your mother. Woman, this is your son. Right? That you're, you are in this family. Um, we share with one another with values. We strive to imitate our father. Um, we have another whole group of people that we are uh, joined to do life with to help us in our walk. You know, we, do, we talk about this in our membership vows. Um, do you now resolve and promise in humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you will endeavor to live as becomes the followers of Christ? We take that vow as members together. We take it in public. We take it in worship. And we're telling the rest of this church, we're telling the rest of the body of Christ, this is what we aspire to. We're inviting those people, uh, come into my life, understand. The, the, the fourth vow, you promise to support the church and its worship and its work, the best of your ability. Yes, it's me. I'm part of the church. I am the church. Do you submit yourself to the government and the discipline of the church? You promise to study its purity and peace. Um, uh, so I want to leave you with uh, five kind of application questions. And if you look at the bottom... Um, I've listed some other uh, resources for further study. Rain Grudem's Systematic Theology, I think it's a thousand pages. Um, there's another one that's shorter, and I'll try to find that for next week. Uh, Louis Burkhoff, his Systematic Theology is good. Not as good as Grudem's, I think. Uh, on the, kind of on the, the pastoral side, Brennan Manning's Abba's Child is just a tremendous work. If you're not familiar with Brennan Manning, a Catholic priest, suffered from alcoholism and went through so many uh, just devastating life uh, tragedies and struggles. Um, Dane Ortland's Gentle and Lowly, the beautiful way that he takes all of these scriptures and applies it to the fact that we are adopted and we belong. Uh, Anthony Hokema's Made in God's Image, too. So is a, that's a shorter work, um, not just on adoption, but on the doctrine of man. Um, application questions. The first, how does a fresh look on God's adopting of you make you feel different than if He only forgave your sins and declared you righteous? Uh, two, how does this teaching affect your relationships with your earthly family and your spiritual family? You can read Mark 10 for reference. For those of you who struggle with God being a father, how does Hebrews 12... Matthew and Luke help you. Um, I have found uh, the longer I've been pastoring um, that that term doesn't always bring warm feelings and comfort to people. I often tell people that that term does not bring warmth and comfort um, but brings pain. Um, that, it, that, that, that fact is testifying to what it should be. Um, and fifthly, consider adding something along the lines of, Please, Holy Spirit, confirm to my spirit, my soul, that I belong to the family of God, 
to your daily prayers. Um, and, and some of you have heard me reference this, but um, the first pastor that discipled me out of seminary, I would come to him with all kinds of anxiety, worries, and fears. And he was an older man. He would just kind of chuckle and say, Oh, Kuiper, why you keep living like an orphan? Kuiper, why you keep thinking your Heavenly Father doesn't love you? Kuiper, you're talking like he's out to get you. Um, this, this doctrine may be one of the highest for us to grapple with. I am adopted. I wasn't lined up at the orphanage, and God didn't consider which one would help his cause the most. It was out of his divine grace and sovereignty. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you that you have made things clear in your word. Father, for us, this, this is a dream that we would be your children. That you, Father, who know us even better than we know ourselves, would go at such great cost to add us to your family. To give us all the rights and the privileges, the inheritance in the name. All out of your grace and your mercy. We pray that uh, this doctrine, Father, would find a, a beautiful rest in our souls. Uh, that we would come back to it frequently and often. When the enemy tempts us to think we are orphans, we would remind ourselves that from your word that your spirit is a spirit of adoption. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.